Welcome to the Christ the King podcast. I am Pastor Michael McGinley of Christ the King Lutheran Church right here in Spencer, Iowa. And we are a congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, coming to you this, the 3rd of April, already two weeks away from Easter, which means this is Judica Sunday, or also known as the 5th Sunday in Lent, Atonement Sunday, the Sunday of the Hostile Crowd. There's lots of names you can give for this one. But it is a great Sunday, and it also marks what in the church was traditionally known as Passiontide, the last two weeks of Lent, which is considered to be deep Lent and a deep dive into the meditation upon the cross of our dear Lord Jesus Christ. And today we'll hear from the Gospel of John with the hostile Jewish crowds toward Christ. And we'll also hear in the epistle from Hebrews about the Day of Atonement, or Yom Kippur. So we're focusing very much today on Christ and his atonement there on the cross. And if you're in the church today, this this time of Passion Tide would be marked by the veiling of crosses, crucifixes, images to commemorate in our gospel when our Lord hid himself from the Jews until the Day of Atonement, the eternal Day of Atonement, of his death on the cross on Good Friday. And so if you were in church today, you would see that. And if you're in church here throughout this week, or Palm Sunday, or Holy Week, you'd see all of it still veiled. Until Easter morning, when the glory of Christ is fully revealed in his resurrection. With that, let's now turn to our matin service for this morning, as we kick off Passion Tide with our opening
O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise to thee, O Christ, King of eternal glory. Christ, for our sakes, hath endured temptation and suffering. O come, let us worship him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth, the strength of the hills is his also. It is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down, let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Christ, for our sakes, hath endured temptation and suffering. O come, let us worship Him.
Judge me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. O deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man, for thou art the God of my strength. O send out thy light and thy truth, let them lead me. Let them bring me unto thy holy hill and to thy tabernacles. Then will I go to the altar of God, unto God my exceeding joy. Yea, upon the harp will I praise thee, O God my God. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. Judge me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. O deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man, for thou art the God of my strength. The Old Testament lesson for Judica is written in the 22nd chapter of Genesis, beginning at the first verse. After these things God tested Abraham, and said to him, Abraham. He said, Here I am. He said, Now take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go into the land of Moriah. Offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will tell you of. Abraham rose early in the morning, and saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him, and his son Isaac. He split the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up, and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes, and saw the place far off. Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there. We will worship, and come back to you. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son. He took in his hand the fire and the knife. They both went together. Isaac spoke to Abraham his father and said, My father? He said, Here I am, my son. He said, Here is the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they both went together. They came to the place which God had told him of. Abraham built the altar there, and laid the wood in order, bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar on the wood. Abraham stretched out his hand, and took the knife to kill his son. The angel of the Lord called to him out of heaven, and said, Abraham, Abraham. He said, Here I am. He said, Don't lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and saw that behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering instead of his son. Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the Lord's mountain it will be provided. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The epistle is written in the ninth chapter of Hebrews, beginning at the eleventh verse. Brothers, Christ having come as a high priest of the coming good things, through the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this creation, 
nor yet through the blood of goats and calves, but through his own blood, entered in once for all into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls, and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling those who have been defiled, sanctify to the cleanness of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without defect to God, Cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. For this reason, he is the mediator of a new covenant, since a death has occurred for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first covenant, that those who have been called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Deliver me, O Lord, from mine enemies. Teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God. Thou deliverest me from mine enemies. Thou hast delivered me from the violent man. Many a time have they afflicted me from my youth, may Israel now say. Many a time have they afflicted me from my youth, yet they have not prevailed against me. The plowers plowed upon my back. They made long their furrows. The Lord is righteous. He hath cut asunder the cords of the wicked. The Holy Gospel is according to St. John, the eighth chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus said to them, If God were your Father, you would love me, for I came out and have come from God. For I haven't come of myself, but he sent me. Why don't you understand my speech? Because you can't hear my word. You are of your father the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning, and doesn't stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks on his own, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell the truth, you don't believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears the words of God. For this cause you don't hear, because you are not of God. Then the Jews answered him, Don't we say well that you are Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I don't have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. But I don't seek my own glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Amen, amen, I tell you. If a person keeps my word, he will never see death. Then the Jews said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died, as did the prophets. And you say, If a man keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who died? The prophets died. Who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say that he is our God. You have not known him, but I know him. If I said, I don't know him, I would be like you, a liar. But I know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and was glad. The Jews therefore said to him, You are not yet fifty years old. Have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I tell you. 
before Abraham came into existence, I am. Therefore they took up stones to throw at him, but Jesus was hidden, and went out of the temple, having gone through the middle of them, and so passed by. Here ends the gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was delivered up to death, that he might quicken his people. In Salem also is his tabernacle, and his dwelling place in Zion. He was delivered up to death, that he might quicken his people. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was delivered up to death, that he might quicken his people. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today, we enter into a period of time known as Deep Lent, or what has traditionally been known as Passion Tide, the last two weeks of Lent. This is the time of the church year where our Lord's Passion is placed ever more intently and intensely before us. As we stare into the wounds of our Lord on the cross, we are today, and for the rest of Lent, showing the seemingly unending depths and depravity and guilt of our sin. As we meditate on our confession of sin, the cross shows us just how ugly and terrible all our sin is. And so, if you are in the sanctuary today, you would see that we cover up the crucifix, cover up the crosses, turn off the light behind the giant cross above our altar, and that might all seem very odd. Because on the day when we begin to focus on the cross with ever more intensity, why would we veil the crucifix and turn off the light of the giant cross? But this tradition is ancient. In Lent, we deepen our prayer and confession of our sins by fasting of food. We've done it since Ash Wednesday. Well, today we deepen the fast even further with a fasting of the eyes. And in the next couple of weeks, you'll begin to hear the fasting of the ears as the organ in the church is used less and less as we get closer to Good Friday. And all forms of fasting are really for one reason, to focus more intensely on the cross, on he who hung upon it, on the blood which poured from him. For faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So hear the word. Look at the cross which reveals your sin. For we do all this to prepare what is for us Christians the most holy day of the year. You could say it's the day of our atonement. For the Jews... For the Jews in our gospel text today who argue with our Lord, their most holy day of the year was also known as the Day of the Atonement, perhaps better known to you as Yom Kippur. It is Yom Kippur which the writer of the Hebrews is talking about in the epistle, and in our gospel it is really Yom Kippur about which Christ and the Jews are really arguing. But to understand that argument and the most holy day of the Day of Atonement, we must first understand Yom Kippur, and for that we have to go to the Old Testament in Leviticus. Yom Kippur is Hebrew, meaning the Day of Atonement, or maybe even better, the Day of Cleansing. It was commanded by God to be observed one day a year, and that was the only day of the year on which the high priest could enter, whether it was in, either in the tabernacle or in the temple, the room known as the Holy of Holies. The Holy of Holies was where the Ark of the Covenant was held and where God's presence resided. 
So if the priest entered the Holy of Holies at any other time, he would die, for he would be considered unclean before the all-holy God. Even on that one day of the year in which the high priest could enter the Holy of Holies, he could not just enter in casually before the presence of God. No, he could only enter in through the blood of another. And so the priest, the high priest, would take the bull and a goat as sin offerings, sacrifices. He could only enter the Holy of Holies with the blood of these beasts once they had been slain. Even then, as he walked into the Holy of Holies, he had to enter with the blood then wash himself with water, then put on the holy priestly garments. And even then, he would have to burn incense in there so that the cloud of incense would veil the altar where the presence of the Lord was before him. And after all that, he would make atonement for himself in Israel. He would sprinkle the blood of the bull seven times on the ark, on the mercy seat of the ark, and then seven times again he would sprinkle the blood of the goat. Then he would put the blood of each on each horn of the altar. Yet still, atonement was not yet fully made for him in Israel, because after all of that, the priest would then have to leave the tabernacle, go outside the tabernacle, and receive another goat from Israel, this one known as the scapegoat. And before all of Israel, the high priest would put both his hands on the goat and confess the sins of all Israel over the goat, so the sins of Israel were put on the head of the goat. Then the scapegoat would be led off into the wilderness with their sins to die. Now, modern Judaism, as we know it today, no longer practices the animal sacrifices, yet it still observes Yom Kippur with prayers of confession. And the understanding of the day is quite similar. They still observe it one day a year. They pray, they fast, they confess. At the end of the day, they hope to be forgiven by God for their sins of the past year. And along with that, they believe that through the day of confession, the day of atonement, God will will inscribe their fate for the coming year into the book of life. But in order for that to happen, the Old Testament covenant required they had to celebrate the day year after year. This is the way it was in the Old Testament. Every year on the day of Yom Kippur, the Old Testament had to be renewed with blood because their sins demanded a price, you see. And every year, the price was was the sacrifice, the loss of life of bulls and goats and their blood. And a year, a year, was all those sacrifices ever bought them. This is how the Jews in our gospel text understood themselves. As descendants of Abraham, who were no greater than Abraham, and always needed the high priest to offer the blood of the goat, the goat given in place of Isaac, the goat given in place of them, the sons of Abraham, to make sure and certain the covenant is renewed every year. But here, dear Christians, the writer of the Hebrew wants to remind you that you are the ones who have a greater high priest, a greater sacrifice, a greater covenant, a greater atonement. And so the writer of the Hebrews says, When Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy places, the holy of holies, 
not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. First, we are reminded here that we have a greater high priest, for our high priest brings not an atonement made with the sacrifices of sinful men in the tabernacle, a holy tent made of the hands of men. No, 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 our high priest came with the good things that have come by a greater tabernacle made of the Spirit. The good things which our Lord appeared with as our high priest, which Paul talks about, is the fulfillment of the Old Testament and the creation of the New Testament. By our Lord's death, by his proclamation that it is finished, our Lord fulfilled the Old Testament. He fulfilled all that which the Jews looked forward to. So that, as one Lutheran pastor put it, in Christ crucified, Jewish promises are now Christian realities. The Jews' hopes are Christian certainties. The Jews' future, what they looked forward to, is the Christian present, what the Christian has. And why is this? Because on Yom Kippur, the high priest would enter the handmade tabernacle and would go into the Holy of Holies with the blood of a lesser beast than himself. But our Lord entered into the greater tabernacle of his flesh and blood. At his crucifixion, he didn't enter into the Holy of Holies made with hands by men and hidden by a fabric veil. No, our Lord in his death passed through the tabernacle of his body. He passed beyond the veil of his flesh, of this flesh, and he entered into the Holy of Holies in heaven before the Father through his own blood. Where before the Father he sprinkled his own blood on the mercy seat of the divine throne, making atonement for you and me. The Jewish priest had to enter the Holy of Holies once a year. Our high priest entered once for all. The Jewish Day of Atonement had to be annual, but our Day of Atonement on Good Friday is eternal, just as our High Priest is eternal. Which is why he tells the Jews, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Because he's eternal. So eternally perfect is our High Priest, that as he entered the Holy of Holies in his ascension, There has been no need for him to enter every year. It was once for all. And so the writer of the Hebrews goes on to say, For if the sprinkling of defiled persons with the blood of goats and bulls and with the ashes of heifers sanctifies the purification of the flesh, again, the purification of the flesh, how much more then will the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, how much more then will the blood of Christ purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? So the writer of the Hebrew says, consider the offering and sacrifice of the Jewish high priest. The Jewish high priest offered at the command of God bulls and goats, creatures of lives lower than his own. But the sacrifice of our Lord was of his own tabernacle. His sacrifice was not that of a mere beast, but the flesh of the Son of God which hung upon the cross. The blood with which he entered the Holy of Holies was not of a mere animal. It was his very own blood. 
which contains eternal life, which he sprinkled on the mercy seat of his cross and covered every horn of his cross with it. The dumb beasts of the Old Testament had no choice but to be slaughtered. Yet our Lord, placing the sins of the people onto his own head by the crown of thorns, went willingly to the wilderness and hell of the cross as our scapegoat. Because of his love for the Father and his love for you, he went. Because of that love, he who knew no sin went as the perfect sacrifice, being obedient to the Father to the point of death, to become sin for you. The sacrifice of the Jewish high priest made the people of Israel ceremonially clean. That's, that's why the writer of the Hebrew says, the blood of goats and bulls and ashes of heifers gave purification of the flesh, but only for a time and only of the flesh. So then, if that is what happened with the flesh and blood of lesser creatures, how much more happens by the flesh and blood of the eternal Son of God? Such a sacrifice, such blood, does not merely cleanse the flesh for a time. The flesh and blood of the eternal Son of God cleanses your conscience by removing every stain of sin and guilt. It cleanses your flesh eternally as we await for the resurrection. In the gospel, our Lord tells the Jews, Your father Abraham rejoiced he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. Why do you suppose our Lord says this? When do you think Abraham saw his day? Look at our Old Testament lesson. Abraham saw Christ's day on the mountain when the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord who is none other than the Son of God, replaced the sacrifice of Isaac with the sacrifice of the goat stuck in the thicket. When Abraham saw the goat, he knew very well that the blood of the goat was not enough of a sacrifice that he and us would not taste death. Rather, when Abraham saw the goat, and the angel of the Lord above him. That is when Abraham saw that the Son of God, the only begotten Son of God, would be the sacrifice to die the death of Isaac, to die our death, to atone for Isaac and us. Now the Jews in our text argue with Christ about who he is and how he could be greater than Abraham and how Abraham could see his day. But in the Old Testament, in our Old Testament lesson, as Abraham untied his son, he on that day saw what the Jews refused to hear and see in Jesus' day. What Abraham saw was the Lamb of God whose greater sacrifice takes away the sin of the world. The writer of the Hebrews ends our reading today saying, Therefore he, Christ, is the mediator of a new covenant, so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance, since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. Now, the covenant of the Jews was mediated by the Jewish high priest who stood between the people and God. His atonement for the people was the cornerstone of their old covenant. To remain in God's grace, then, the high priest had to atone for their sin every year. 
but you see the blood of goats and bulls, the ashes of heifers, could not keep the people from breaking that covenant, which they did repeatedly. The old covenant always demanded more and more each and every year, you see. Making the works of years past under this covenant really dead works, which always had to be repeated, which then fell away. The dead works from which the people could not escape. The atonement of the old covenant was never enough as it was made by the blood of of bulls and goats. It was never enough until Christ came, fulfilling the old covenant, fulfilling the law where we failed, fulfilling the will of his Father to die for the sins of the world until Christ declared himself, it is finished. With the blood of beasts, the old covenant was instituted, and then it was renewed every year. But with the blood of the Son of God, the eternal life in the blood, the old covenant was fulfilled. And the new and great covenant was instituted, a better covenant, where the flesh of Christ was given, where a new testament was made in his blood, his blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sins, so that you who were baptized were baptized into his flesh, into his death, where your sins died, where in your baptism and in his death you entered into this new covenant, where You receive the forgiveness of sins and every blessing that flows from that forgiveness as you drink his blood in remembrance of him, where the sacrifice of the Lamb of God happened once for all, where the feast from this sacrifice is eternal, so that you may forever have atonement made for you once and for all. That is, you may forever be reconciled to God as his children, where you are also baptized into the resurrection of Christ, into his resurrected flesh, upon which we hope. So then, which is the greater day of atonement? The one which Abraham saw, and in which he was glad that the Lamb of God took the place in the sins of Isaac and all his descendants and himself? The one of Abraham, where the sacrifice of the flesh and blood of the Son of God forever cleanses the conscience and the flesh of the resurrection? Or is it the Day of Atonement, which needs repeated every year, which only cleanses the flesh for a time, which is full of dead works? For us who are baptized, we are, like Adam, glad to see Christ's day on Good Friday, when we celebrate the once and for all eternal moment of our Lord's sacrifice. But for those who cling to their dead works, who reject Christ's sacrifice, they're picking up the stones against Christ and his church. But it's not time yet. So Christ hides himself in our text, in our congregation, in our sanctuary, in our chancel. The crosses remain veiled. The light remains off until the day of atonement arrives. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Jesus said unto the multitude of the Jews, and to the chief priests, He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, 
and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies, and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers, and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he sware to our father Abraham, that he would grant unto us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Jesus said unto the multitude of the Jews and to the chief priests, He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. O Lord, have mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I said, O Lord, be merciful unto me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. Return, O Lord, how long? And let it repent thee concerning thy servants. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us, according as we hope in thee. Let thy priests be clothed with righteousness, and let thy saints shout for joy. O Lord, save our rulers. Let the king hear us when we call. Save thy people and bless thine inheritance. Feed them also and lift them up forever. Remember thy congregation, which thou hast purchased of old. Peace be within thy walls, and prosperity within thy palaces. Let us pray for our absent brethren. O thou, our God, save thy servants that trust in thee. Let us pray for the brokenhearted and the captives. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. Send them help from the sanctuary, and strengthen them out of Zion. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. 
Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they watch for the morning. I say, more than they watch for the morning. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Let Israel hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption. And he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Turn us again, O God of hosts. Cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Arise, O Christ, for our help, and redeem us for thy mercy's sake. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. We beseech you, Almighty God, mercifully look upon your people, that by your great goodness they may be governed and preserved evermore, both in body and soul. Almighty and everlasting God, who hates nothing that you have created, and forgives the sins of all those who are penitent. Create and make in us new and contrite hearts, that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of you, the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Give peace in our days, O Lord, because there is none other that fighteth for us except Thou, our God. O Lord, let there be peace in Thy strength and abundance in Thy towers. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with Thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all harm and danger. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also, from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please Thee. Into Thy hands we commend our bodies and souls and all that is ours. Let Thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.
We are so very glad that you were able to join us for the Matins podcast this morning. We pray it's a blessing to you today and throughout the rest of your week. We will be back again this Wednesday about 6.15 Central Time as we wrap up our series with another Vesper service, our series on the Apostles' Creed, ending with the Holy Spirit and the Christian Church. And next Sunday, we'll kick off Holy Week with the celebration of Palm Sunday and a matin service that will be released next Sunday morning. We'll have Vesper services offered each day during Holy Week for your devotionals at home leading up to Monday, Thursday, Good Friday. We'll even have a matin service or a devotional service for the Holy Sabbath, Holy Saturday. They'll be back that Sunday in two weeks with the celebration of Easter as well. So all that's on the horizon. And as we celebrate Holy Week with these devotional podcasts, beginning next Sunday, there will be no intro and no outro, no conclusion, no closing remarks to mark the solemn nature of Holy Week. We encourage all of our listeners to look us up on Facebook under Christ the King Lutheran Church or CTK Spencer. If you enjoyed this podcast, we encourage you to subscribe, tell a friend, or leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listened. If you would like to be on our mailing list for the podcast or want to leave feedback, you can contact us on Facebook or at the email addresses listed at the top of the bulletin. That's all for this week. Until next time, go forth and serve the Lord. I am Pastor Michael McGinley, signing off.